Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Wrestling Overtime on Wrestling with Stooges. I'm your host, Oscar Rendon. And again, Timmy Tapout is not here this week. He will be back next week uh, after the Crown Jewel event. We'll be talking about Crown Jewel, uh, the aftermath, what happened. We don't know yet. It's still the past. We'll see you in the future. But uh, in the meantime, Wrestling Overtime, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to discuss. CM Punk is back in the news. Eddie Kingston had an interview, spoke about him. Um, We have more uh, Dave Meltzer drama with uh, Billy Corgan. We have uh, our what-if scenario if CM Punk did decide to go to TNA. What would that mean? All of this and much more on this week's Wrestling Overtime. guys so where do we start where do we begin with this week's wrestling overtime i think we begin with uh, a little interview that came out uh, a while ago or by a while ago i mean a few hours ago from the uh, i think yesterday uh uh by yesterday i mean halloween on halloween night uh in the middle of the night i saw an interview that was posted online uh with eddie kingston discussing CM Punk, discussing the fact that, yes, he did not get along with CM Punk, but he believed that that was actually a good thing, that it made for them working together even better. You know, you believed it more. And uh, he he also believes that CM Punk was doing a lot of good for the company, that he was helping the company. And it's interesting, I find it interesting, at least, that uh, a guy who vehemently does not like CM Punk or does not care of CM Punk uh, speaking uh, pretty positively of him. And it just goes to show you um, what we've been saying on this show for the past couple weeks, which is we haven't heard any negative comments about CM Punk. The only negative comments, the only thing negative coming out about CM Punk have all come from the Wrestling Observer, the, the Dave Meltzer camp, the the the, the kind of the the... The dirt sheets, you know, we there hasn't been anybody outwardly saying anything actually negative about CM Punk, which goes again to show you that I don't believe he was that big of a problem as it was made out to be by the Meltzers of the world, by the Sean Ross Saps of the world, the Nick Hausmans, etc., etc., etc. And so I think, I think it's just at, at this point. A lot of things are coming out, which makes it feel like CM Punk was just it not welcomed by whoever in AEW. And it's just interesting. It's interesting to, to be removed a couple months from his firing from AEW. And there are still problems with AEW. There are still problems in the back. There is a stooge in the back. Um... As uh, as mentioned by Jerry Lynn, uh, again some some uh, some backstage uh, 
uh, things were, are, have been coming out about the AEW booking and and uh, Jerry Lynn, who is a head trainer there, uh, and I think producer as well, and, and maybe a part of creative. I'm not 100% sure. But um, he came out and had to basically say, hey, uh, whoever is leaking things to the press, I say press in air quotes, um, leaking stuff to dirt sheets, whatever, um, you know, they are detrimentally hurting AEW, and I believe so. And I've said this from the very beginning. Uh, you can go back on, on a couple of episodes, or, or I think it was the first episode, the second episode. I have no idea what episode I said it on. But if you go back and listen, you will hear me say that whoever is – CM Punk was not causing issues for, for AEW as far as the perception of, of AEW. The stooge in the back releasing information, uh, uh, um, leaking information or leaking rumors – not even anything fully factual, uh, is the person to blame for AEW's perception of it being uh, second tier, of, of, of it being uh, second rate, you know? And I think all of this coming out now just uh, kind of validates those theories that I had, uh, you know, all those weeks ago. And I think if, if Tim was here, he, he'd be on my side. He'd be uh, agreeing with me because, again, uh, it's it's a little different with WWE. We don't hear a lot of big uh, drama coming out, at least not when it happens. Usually we hear about it a couple months down the road. We hear about something happening or something happened a couple months ago, but we never hear it the day of or minutes later. And I think, and I've said this before, Tony Khan, whoever's in charge there, needs to hold an investigation, needs to find whoever is the, the source that's leaking all this information or leaking these rumors. Because whoever it is, they're not helping AEW, they're hurting AEW. And the more that happens, the more deeper a hole AEW is digging for itself. And I just think it, it needs to be said i think it needs to be something that they focus on that they need to uh figure out who that is and get them fired get them out of there because they're the persons person or persons hurting the company um and you know like i said like there's just it's it's not uh it's not conducive for a great work environment too you know when you're opening your social media or whatever and all you have all you see are rumors rumors and rumors and rumors and and leaks from from you know uh from your own company and it's just it's not helping it's not helping and we by we i mean aw needs to figure out how to combat that how to handle that how to take care of that situation find the stooge Find the stooge. <laughs> you need to find that stooge because they're doing more harm than good. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and again, so, speaking of doing more harm than good, uh, Billy Corgan was on the Kurt Angle show discussing his uh, Twitter beef with Dave Meltzer, who has done more harm than good. And again, uh you know, I'm just I'm just here consuming wrestling media. I'm I'm listening to 
to interviews with, with, with wrestlers. And I was listening to an interview with Al Snow where he said that, uh, and I've said this, we've said this on the, on the show. You can go back and listen maybe like two episodes ago, three episodes ago, whatever. But Dave Meltzer is a, nothing more than a glorified fan is what uh, Al Snow said. He's never bumped in the ring. He's never been in the ring. As much as he wants to be on the inside of the industry, he's just like us. Uh, just a glorified fan with with uh, with an audience. That's it. And that and to think that his word, his opinions mean so much to the industry or to people in the industry is ridiculous. He's nobody. He's he can be a historian all he wants, but when it comes to judging wrestling, to judging uh, in-ring performances. It's out of his wheelhouse. He shouldn't do that. He can't be rating matches like that. He can't do that. It's just, it's dumb. It's dumb. If you're not an actual wrestler who's wrestled, you can't be rating matches. I'm sorry. Like, that's just, that's just it. I'm never going to be rating matches. I can never tell you this was a good match or a bad match. I can tell you how I felt about the match. I can tell you whether or not I was entertained by the match, but I can't give it a rating. I'm not going to give it a one out of five stars or a five out of five. Like, I just don't do that. We don't do that on this show. And I think it's it's important to highlight the the net negative that Dave Meltzer has brought upon the wrestling industry. It has caused a lot of drama. His, his Dave Meltzer alone has just caused a lot of drama when, when it came between reporting CM Punk news, again, air quotes on news, when when uh, the whole thing backstage with Hangman Page was happening, with the brawl out, with with a uh, collision and and Jack Perry at a all in, all of these things, a confluence of events that can you can kind of f- you know follow the breadcrumbs and they lead right back to Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer's the problem. Dave Meltzer causing issues. Uh, Dave Meltzer is just I I we we have to say he's a cancer to wrestling. You know, um, and again, I feel like more and more of this is coming out now. A lot of it, it's being, it's being exposed. You can thank Chris Van Leet for that, for exposing that on his podcast when he had him on as a guest. And it's, it's just insane. It's insane that people actually take his word as gospel, that actually people take his word as, as, it, as, it, as if it were to mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And, and it's crazy to me that someone like Tony Khan takes Dave Meltzer's words as gospel, as truth. And I, I, look, again, you can have your opinions, but that, that's all they are. There are opinions. These are my opinions. You know, nobody has to believe me. Nobody needs to, to like me. Nobody needs to, to agree with what I'm saying because they're my opinions. We all have them, you know. And it, it it's just it boggles my mind. Boggles my mind that people give a fuck about this 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 guy and what he has to say when it comes to wrestling. Because again, at the end of the day, glorified fan. Oh man, Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of Dave Meltzer. Uh, it's it's. I've said it so many times. I'm I'm just uh, over it. I'm over. I'm over it. I'm over. Just hearing his name, um, you know, people people giving him praise uh, when when it's not due. It's it's 
he's built his career off the backs of other people. He hasn't, you know, he 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 has caused more harm than good in the wrestling industry and in the wrestling business, I would think. Um, but that's just my opinion. You know, you can have your, your opinion, whatever. But in my, in my humble opinion, uh, not good, not good. Um, what else guys, what else are we talking about this week on wrestling overtime, man, 10 minutes goes by real quick when you're, when you're, when you're conducting a show by yourself, it's insane. Um, I really miss my, uh, my tag team partner, Tim Roth, Tim, come back. We miss you here. Uh, we need you, <laughs> but, uh, but we're, we're, we're trugging along and, uh, something interesting happened on Monday night raw. And it's been a while since, uh, I've said this about, uh, about somebody, but, uh, the Miz, the Miz had a segment on Monday night raw with Gunther, uh, or Gunther, uh, and, uh, it, it, it hearkened to, uh, an awakening of a dragon. It, it it made me remember. It reminded. I think it reminded people that the Miz, when he wants to be, he can turn on that uh that that viciousness. He can turn on that intensity. And I think this is something that we've missed from the Miz in a long time. I think I think he's been fun to hate on uh, as a as a heel. For the past couple of years, but I remember when he cashed in the money in the bank on on Randy Orton. I remember when he beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania, and we couldn't stand the guy because he was doing his job so well. And I think this this segment with Gunther on Monday Night Raw with Imperium, I think it has uh, uh, not only uh, opened up people's eyes to just how good the Miz is, but I think he, I think the Miz himself is, is, is reminding himself, but also reminding the crowd, reminding the audience, the WWE audience, just how good he is on that microphone and just how much he can make you believe in him. And I think that's, what's been missing for the Miz. I think for a long time, it's been a while since we've, since we've had that Miz and, and the, the, the fact that they're teasing him possibly, being a babyface, I don't know. Like again, would it be cool? Yes. Do I see him as a babyface? I don't. I don't know. He did a pretty good job a while back ago, a long time ago, actually. Um, but I, you know, it, I think it could be done. If anybody can do it, I think the Miz can. Um, uh, we'll see where this leads. Whether it's to an intercontinental title match, some point down the road, whether it's. Maybe they add it last minute at Crown Jewel, or they they add it to Survivor Series. Who knows? Um, but all I know is that it's this is the first time in a long time that I've been excited for something that the Miz has been doing. You know, uh, he pops in every now and then, does a Miz TV, maybe starts a feud with somebody. But this is the first time in a long time that I've been excited for the Miz, uh, rather than excited for the opponents facing the Miz. So, you know, we'll see where this leads, but I'm excited. I think, uh, I think it was interesting. We'll see where it leads. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, uh, I think, I think they're heading down a pretty, uh, interesting path with the Miz. Um, but, uh, uh, speaking of Monday Night Raw, I think something while watching the show, uh, something I said, I think last week, um, when we, when we, when we said that we can be, uh, 
critical of WWE, even though they're on a hot streak right now, as far as just live attendance, as far as just the trends on social media. But I think, and we can talk about the ever-changing landscape of television and how people consume media, but the fact that, uh, uh, you know, viewership is at 1.3 million, um, the fact that, that that is the most that they can get on a Monday night um, and for the flagship show that is Monday Night Raw, you know, we go back to the Attitude Era, to, the, you know, the mid to late 90s when, when both WCW and WWE were getting uh, 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 10 million views, uh, 10 million, uh, around 10 million in the viewership. Um, you know, uh, you could say 20 million people were watching wrestling. If you were to add the numbers up, the, it just depends on the, how they count the ratings, uh, and how they view the, the, the viewership of those ratings. But, uh, so t- about 20 million people watching wrestling on a Monday, fast forward 2023, uh, nearly a quarter century. And we've got, we've gone all the way down to 1.3 million. And it's like, where did the, where did those other, you know, 8.7 million people go? You know, if we're, if we're strictly talking about WWE, where did the 8.7 million fans go? They're still out there, you know? And I think, and I said this on uh, Wrestling with Stooges, WWE has a good product, but it's a safe product. It's a predictable product from week to week. We know who the players are. We know what the main events are going to be. Nothing is different in 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 the in the schedule in the lineup for Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. You know, a lot of the payoffs, a lot of the 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 the, the uh, um, wrenches thrown into storylines or the the forks in the road in in storylines always happen on these PLEs, which make it interesting. And the lead up is always fun, but it's not. It's it's just not. Uh, What's the word? It's it's um it's safe. It's just a safe show. It's not, you know, you you, you get what you pay for. You, you you know you're it's a you're not getting anything new, and I think WWE right now needs to shake things up if they want to continue on this role. I think the predictability of Roman Reigns title uh, matches. Over the past three years, the predictability of of the the matches themselves and how they are formulated and how they go down, it's it's gotten to a point where you know as as much as they have done a great job at creating stars, creating these top baby faces for Roman Reigns to face, they I feel they've dropped the ball on Roman Reigns himself. Roman Reigns at this point has become a very uh, lackluster character, a, a, an, an uninteresting character. Roman Reigns at this point, you put him in a feud with anybody, the his opponents feel more interesting. Uh, Roman Reigns has lost that. And I and I don't want to I don't want to say that it's a Roman Reigns problem. I think it's just a booking problem. I think it's just a, a, a you know, Roman Reigns has gone as far as he can with this character, right? They, they, they've hit a peak with Roman Reigns. And now we're seeing other people, other, other, other talent rise up and, and, and I would say surpass his peak. We have guys like Cody. 
uh, Sami Zayn, LA Knight, you know, just so many people that are, are, are coming up and are, are really kind of taking the ball and running with it. And it's, it's just interesting to see that, uh, in, in that Roman Reigns feels like the one being left behind while everybody else is kind of marching forward. And something, something needs to happen with Roman Reigns, whether it is that he does lose the, the WWE Universal Championship on, at Crown Jewel this Saturday, whether it's uh, ditching the bloodline and him going solo, you know, no pun intended, um, whether it's him himself that turns on the bloodline, but not in a face turn, but really in a just kind of like, you know, a Thanos situation where he's like, you know, I'll do this myself. If anything, Roman Reigns is the Thanos. He is the Thanos of the WWE. If you don't get that reference, go watch Avengers and Avengers Endgame and all that good stuff. Um, Watch more movies. Be a little bit cultured, people. But I think Roman Reigns right now is the Thanos of WWE. He has collected all the gold. He's collected all the championship belts. Uh, he's missing one, the World Heavyweight, but we'll, we'll see what happens at, at Survivor Series. The rumor is, you know, Seth versus Roman. We don't think they're going to unify the titles, but there is a chance that they f- go face-to-face, so it's just an interesting idea percolating in my head. But anyways, I think in a situation like this, perhaps Roman Reigns is being held down. The character of Roman Reigns, the, the perception of him is that his... That, 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 you know, he, he's just, I don't know, he's not as interesting as he used to be. And I think it's because other people made him interesting. I think other people forced him to be more interesting. I think guys like Jey Uso forced him to be a little bit more interesting. You know, and that Jey Uso is another top name that I, I forgot to mention when I was listing names. Jey Uso is another top baby face. You know, go on Raw, like just the reaction he gets. But Jey Uso forced him to be an interesting character. Sami Zayn forced him to be an interesting character. Cody Rhodes forced him to be somewhat interesting. All the while, these guys have been the more interesting thing to follow. To see the growth in Jey Uso, to see Sami Zayn go from this kind of comedic act, this mid-card act, to now feel like an actual main eventer, to feel like somebody that could go after the World Heavyweight, ch- the World Heavyweight Championship, who could go after the WWE Universal Championship. You know, to see Cody Rhodes come back to the WWE, go after the Universal title, lose, but still feel like a main eventer. I feel like everybody else but Roman have been able to kind of keep up... Um, uh, the the ball rolling have been able to keep up with being interesting and being compelling, and right now L.A. Knight feels more compelling than Roman Reigns. Uh, we don't see Roman Reigns as um, I don't know. He he kind of just feels like a, like a prop for these for these other people, and I think I think he needs to be more especially if they plan on having him retain at Crown Jewel, right? So if, if they plan on having him retain at Crown Jewel, you need to add another layer to Roman Reigns, something interesting. And I, I've always, I, and, and I just thought of this idea uh, a couple hours ago when I was trying to think of what could be interesting for Roman Reigns. You know, we've seen the cousin dynamic, right? 
We've seen the the uh, the, the 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 dynamic between himself and Paul Heyman. And speaking of Paul Heyman, we saw him trying to recruit the Rock's daughter, Ava Rain, uh, on NXT on a, a little like a little NXT uh, video was was uh, teased on uh, on social media, and it'd be interesting to see a Roman Reigns who um, introduces Ava Rain to the Bloodline brings her up to the main roster and is like a big brother uh, and a little sister dynamic. So maybe, maybe a, a, the compelling uh, arc for Roman in the next couple, in the next couple months is that he does become protective of someone like an Ava rain when she comes up to the main roster and inevitably joins the bloodline. I think I feel like that's just the, the, the next evolution of the bloodline is to add a female to the bloodline. We have, you know, we have Samoan heritage running everywhere in the, in, in the WWE. So I think, I think Ava joining the bloodline and having Roman be a protective older brother would be an interesting arc for the character of Roman Reigns. Cause now we get to kind of see, and I'm just putting I'm just putting these points together. You get to see kind of the Thanos Gamora relationship that you see that you you know you see in the Avengers, but with Roman Reigns and Ava Rain. This 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 you know he he you know uh, as someone who care who probably cares for her very much, who wants her to succeed, but also knows that you know perhaps she could get in the way of him succeeding. Because eventually, who knows. The Rock is looming over Roman Reigns. I feel like as much as people want to say that Cody and and Roman is the plan for WrestleMania 40, I think even though a lot of us believe that, The Rock is still this presence that looms over the uh, over Roman, who looms over the 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 main event of WrestleMania 40. So again, it, that'd be an interesting, compelling um, story to take Roman. You know, and kind of get to show his humanity a little bit, make him make him care about something other than the the, the universal title, right? And it, it makes for a compelling story if The Rock decides to come back to the WWE and 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 start a program with Roman. So I think I think that's that's a, that's a way to go. I think it'd be interesting. I think. It would add another dynamic and layer to Roman that I think is missing right now. Um, because, again, I think WWE right now is playing it safe and they need to do something. They need to do something to interject that little that risk, you know, that that energy that uh, that almost kind of like at a left turn at a left field kind of uh, direction. So I don't know. I think I think that would be more interesting for sure. And uh, I'd be excited to see that. That'd be something that I would want to see. And I think a lot of people would want to see that, you know, and have it play over the next couple months leading up to WrestleMania. I think that would be the way to go. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, that's that's my take on on that, um, you know, and then moving on to uh, the what if scenario that I've been discussing. Um. What if CM Punk goes to TNA? 
What if? That would be an interesting scenario. And I'll tell you why. AEW right now is struggling to be number two. AEW right now is not competing with WWE. They're competing with NXT. And I think if you tell me, and if you tell an audience that CM Punk is going to TNA, people will look for that. People will tune in for that. And CM Punk, as we all know, whether we people want to admit or not, you know, whether or not people want to admit it, um, brings an audience, brings eyeballs, brings a buzz to whatever it is he does or doesn't do, whatever he says or doesn't say, you know? Um, and I think if TNA could get their hands on CM Punk, if only for a short amount of time, it would be enough for TNA to start to climb up to number two, you know, because again, Tony Khan bought ROH. So ROH has now been uh, enveloped, you know, and engulfed into the AEW product. And it's nothing different than what we see on dynamite or collision or rampage. So ROH just feels like a, like a, another extension of AEW. So now we just have TNA, NWA, AEW, all jogging for number two. You know, everybody else. I'm trying to think if there's another company or or organization that really is at that level, and um, I can't really think of one um, unless I'm missing something. You know, um, the Indies are the Indies, but um, but yeah, it, it, it's just. Uh, it's just um, interesting to um, to hear and uh, and and, and to, to or to see. It's interesting to see just uh, how diverse the landscape of of of, of uh, wrestling organizations that aren't WWE are becoming. You know, TNA is nothing like AEW. AEW is nothing like NWA. NWA is nothing like TNA. And so if CM Punk were to decide to go to TNA, I think it would it would add an added boost to that product. It would inject some life into it, possibly get the 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 uh the company uh, a good or a better TV deal, um giving them a little bit more money, a little bit more cash, you know, a little bit more cash to 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 flex and to and to hire um Either more talent, uh, better uh, production, you know, whatever is the case, you know. But but it's it's the 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 idea of CM Punk going to TNA, while people have kind of written it off, and how I've even written it off, I think is an interesting um, would be an interesting litmus test, right? Because if 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 CM Punk can go to TNA and boost ratings, boost viewership for TNA. I think it shows that that CM Punk still brings an audience. That CM Punk still brings a certain buzz. I think a lot of people who watched WWE back when CM Punk was in the middle of his Summer of Punk tour, I think a lot of those fans have kind of fallen off wrestling. And they came back 
when CM Punk came back. And I think they've fallen off again with with kind of where the direction that AEW has gone. And, and people kind of, I don't want to say see the writing on the wall, but, but people have been calling it like a WCW part two, you know. Uh, Tony Khan, freaking every week, I feel like he's always announcing something special, an, an, a special announcement or or the, the weird phrasing of, of, uh, of, of, of him giving Sting a present, you know, and it ends up being Ric Flair. And God knows how much money he's paying Ric Flair. So I think, I think it's just, I think it's about time that, um, that, uh, that AEW starts seeing some competition from, from places like NWA or, or TNA to, to help it, to help motivate it to be a better product an overall um, uh, an overall product that can reach not only the hardcore fans but the fans who who don't watch and uh, I think I think CM Punk going to TNA would do that and I think CM Punk going to TNA and if viewers went up if ratings went up I think WWE would see that and be like hmm so he's still a ratings guy he's still he still brings in an audience. And I think WWE wants to grow that audience. I think at, in, in, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people say, that the ratings don't matter. They do. Because the more people are watching means the more people are either getting Peacock or whatever to watch PLEs, which means more people are going to the shows or ordering their merch online. The over, overall, WWE wants as many eyes as possible on the product that is WWE. And if they can see that if CM Punk brings an audience to TNA, that audience will follow him to WWE. And so I think overall it would be a good um it would be good business if they did it. If CM Punk did it, you know, you know, a short-term contract, a couple or or even just a uh just a couple of dates, a couple of tapings. And then he's out. He's done. You know, he he helps TNA, and 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 it, it breathes new life into TNA. And who knows? Maybe he stays if if this in this what if scenario. But I think I think the idea of CM Punk going to TNA isn't so far fetched as we initially thought. And I think with with the excitement and the hype that TNA has around it right now, uh, I could see it happening. I could see it happening, happening honestly. And I think it's, it's, um, if you're a CM Punk fan, of course you'll tune in, you'll try to tune in. Um, and it'll be, I think it, it, it would be something big for the company and it hasn't had something big happen in a long time. You know, um, some would say that the partnership between AEW and TNA at one point was the biggest thing, but I, I don't think it ever really helped TNA. I think um, uh, it, yeah, it just never really helped. I think, I think, um, I think uh, at some point maybe, but as of late, you know, there hasn't been any any word on uh, on there being anything happening, you know, any partnership between AEW and TNA. So it, it it's just interesting to think about. I think it's interesting to think about. Um, what else do we've got? Uh, what else do we got? I think that's it. I think there's not a whole lot for me to talk about, guys. 
Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to overblow an episode either. I never want to go over, you know, I think, um, uh, I think a lot of these shows are always like about an hour long. And I think that's just because Tim and I, when we're, when Tim and I are on a roll, we, you know, uh, obviously I give my opinions, my thoughts, and then he gives his. So that's just double the time. Um, but even then, like when, when I watch these YouTube shows, you know, they're always, they always run around, uh, they always run up to about an hour. And I think, um, you know, I think we want to, we want to keep these concise and, and digestible for everybody, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think I think this is a, this has been an interesting uh uh learning curve for for my for these ep- these past two episodes to be just me. So who knows? We might do more of these. I don't know. We'll see. Uh you know, it just always depends on scheduling between myself and uh, and Tim. But uh but yeah, um again, uh if you're listening to this episode of uh of Wrestling Overtime, uh, make sure to tune in tonight because tonight is because today. Every what do what, what did I what do I always say? Wrestling overtime always comes out Thursday morning. Check it out. Um, but if you're listening to Wrestling Overtime on its premiere date, then then make sure you're tuning in to Glory Pro Wrestling on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com/slash Glory Pro Wrestling. Uh, episodes of Glory Pro Wrestling ascend. Always premiering 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time um, on YouTube for free. If you want to help out, if you want to donate and help out and be a patron, get some exclusive access to Glory Pro content, then go to patreon.com slash glory pro. I think it's Glory Pro Wrestling. You can um, usually there's I'll add I'll add the info at the at the, in the description for this episode. Um but you can always check out patreon.com slash glory pro or glory pro wrestling. Uh, you'll yeah, you just check out the description and you'll figure it out. Um, uh, November 17th or November 19th. My bad. November 19th, uh, South Broadway athletic club. We have, uh, our last, one of our last few shows of the year. So make sure you're coming out. Um, December 17th, we have, uh, the last show at South Broadway. And then December 30th will be our final show of the year at Del Mar Hall. So get your tickets, guys. Tickets go on sale. Tickets are on sale. So get your tickets now before they're sold out, especially before that, uh, that New Year's Eve show or somewhat close to New Year's Eve um, at Del Mar Hall. It's going to be a packed one. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, we love going to Del Mar Hall. The fans are always amazing. And, uh, yeah, guys, I, I can't say it enough. I love the product that Glory Pro Wrestling is producing. I love being a part of it. I love helping out as much as I can. And like I said on uh, Wrestling with Stooges, we're, we're creating Glory Pro Wrestling exclusive content for their Patreon, um, which I'm currently working on. So make sure you're tuning in uh, to that. So if you're a Patreon member, you know, keep an eye out. Because you'll get some exclusive things. We'll release, obviously, some trailers uh, for people to see so that they can kind of get to know what they're going to be getting on, on Patreon. But, uh, but I'm working on some things, and uh, we're hoping, I'm hoping to roll out some of that stuff just before the new year, if not around the time of New Year's. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But make sure you're uh, uh, subscribing on YouTube to Glory Pro Wrestling. 
uh, follow them on Twitter and, and Instagram. Um, uh, I'll leave all of that information in the, in the description so you can do that. Um, check out the last batch of shows we have coming up this month and next month. Uh, like I said, November 19th, South Broadway Athletic Club. Uh, December 17th, um, December 2 Riz member. December 2 Riz member. Uh, a charity show. So make sure you want to come out to that one. It's a chari- it's a it's a great cause. Uh, it's it's a charity um, show, and Ethan Page will be there. And then Delmar Hall, December thirtieth, just a few weeks after that show. Uh, make sure you're there. It's the last show of the year. It's at Delmar Hall. We're going out with a bang, and uh, I think possibly it has the makings of being one of. Th- one of the best shows of the year, hands down. So uh, make sure you're tuning in, uh, checking out uh, Glory Pro Wrestling's uh, socials for any new updates, uh, match announcements, all of that. So with that being said, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling Overtime. And as always, Stooges out. <laughs>